Hi there, I'm Andy, a moon chasing, manifesting, wander lover, and feel good aficionado. Consider me your woo woo best friend. This show is a sacred space for ideas, concepts, and modalities that might be considered taboo, but that I personally find a great magic in. In these conversations, my mission is to inspire confidence, worth, and mystical thinking in our modern world. Let's get into it, shall we? Well, hello, it's Andy here. I am really looking forward to today's conversation. We are talking about something we have not gotten into yet here on Your Woo Woo Best Friend. We're talking about Taoism. We have a guest today who wrote a book called The Standing Meditation, Excel in the Modern World Using an Ancient Practice. My guest is Nate Rifkin. I'll tell you about Nate in just a moment. The Standing Meditation Practice is a practice that Nate discovered on his path to becoming a Taoist priest. He's in training now, and he'll tell us a bit more about that. If you're wondering what exactly Taoism is, Taoism stands alongside Confucianism as one of the two great religious and philosophical systems of China. There is quite an undertone of naturalistic and mystical philosophies that Taoism captures. And as I was having this conversation with Nate, the through line, the threads that weave together so many of the practices that I truly love, Kundalini Yoga being one of those, the threads were so apparent. There's this life force that we talk about in yoga called prana. And in the conversation that Nate and I have, we talk about the chi, which is the life force energy within all of us. I love talking about chi. I love talking about prana. And I very much enjoyed this conversation with Nate as we talked about how he moved from a place of truly despair, a life of despair connected into this glow within him and then dedicated his life to this practice. Nate's story is one that he'll reveal to us on the episode. He began his journey truly from a place of brokenness and hatred for self. There was a point in his life in which he drank alcohol every day, had suicidal tendencies and thoughts. He dropped out of college. He went broke and then bankrupt and eventually found himself waving signs on a street corner in order to begin to make ends meet as he started to turn his life around. He'll share a story in which he has a moment of feeling immense love for humanity despite that moment in which he stood there on the street corner, not quite knowing what was next. And he'll tell the story of how he found his way through this little known spiritual discipline that helped him to transform his thoughts, his emotions, and his financial life. The practice that he embraced from the Taoist mystical tradition even helped him to find love. And in the book that he shares, The Standing Meditation, He'll take you through the experiences that shaped him and the discovery of this ancient form of meditation that reversed his downward spiral and elevated him to levels of success that he never dreamed could be possible. The book is candid and painful, but ultimately inspiring. And his practices and what he shares in the standing meditation gives a step-by-step of how to perform this ancient meditation and introduces the reader to the mystical, mysterious, spiritual tradition that it comes from. In Nate's work, 
He has an intention of helping others to stop self-sabotaging, to eliminate self-doubt while tapping into an unlimited source of energy. It's a completely transformational practice. And the conversation with Nate, I believe, for you, our dear listener, can certainly be that transformation as well. So here we are. Meet my new friend, Nate Rifkin. Hi, Nate. Welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing really, really wonderful, Andy. Thank you for having me. I'm honored to be here. Yes. I'm so happy to have you. I love the topic we're going to be getting into today. Meditation is a practice of mine, but I'm really interested in learning about your specific approach to meditation. So I've been looking forward to this conversation. Super cool. Yeah. Okay. So as you know, we start this show with a little bit of astrology. I like to I like to do a little uh have a little insight on my guests' personalities truly and and what makes you tick before we get going. So I know astrology isn't isn't your background. Sometimes we have astrologers <laughs> on the show. So when I ask them, they're like, oh, let me give you the entire rundown of my entire life history through the lens of astrology. <laughs> they take out the charts. You, like, all right, yeah, they totally can. They totally can. And then they educate us all on all the things we didn't know about those particular signs. Um, so for you, this is something that you looked up in order to share with us. So tell me your sun, your moon, and your rising sign. And you can access right. your notes if you need to, for sure. I, I made sure I made sure to memorize it. All right, so the the big reveal: uh, Sun okay. is Capricorn. Okay. Capricorn. Um, moon is Scorpio. Okay. And rising is Gemini. Okay. And I and I gotta be honest, I did like a little bit of reading and googling, and I was mm-hmm. I was like, mm, I think there might be something to this. <laughs> There's definitely so, something to it. Okay, so I have yeah. to tell you, we have it's now become like a running joke on this show that everyone on the show has Capricorn in their chart. Like everybody yeah. that joins the show has some Capricorn. I'm I'm Represent. a Capricorn rising. So you're Capricorn's mm-hmm. son. And the reason I feel like that's probably the case is Capricorns are incredibly structured and organized and especially in their work. And so I find that it's easy to get Capricorns booked on the show because they're like, okay, let me let me get my schedule out. Let me make things happen. Let me get it done. Mm. So, yeah. Okay, that and then Scorpio's your sense. moon. Yeah. And Gemini is your rising. So it's Gemini season. So you should be feeling some good energy going on right now for you. I'm feeling good. Yeah, actually, I really am. So it's, it's pretty interesting. It's, it's also funny, before I forget, um, my, uh, I, I could, I also looked up my uh, Chinese astrology too, because, uh, you know, I'm into Taoism. So this is also my year. So I'm like, pressure's on. Let's do this. Good things are going to happen. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's something I don't know a lot about. So I, uh, I'll have to dive a little bit further into the Chinese astrological chart. Yeah. Yeah. You never know. Okay. It might be, might be pretty cool. I mean, for me, it's like, I'm always, I'm always finding my way into some sort of new modality or practice or ancient system. So yeah, I got to get into it. Although there's a system, you'll have to check it out. It's called human design. And yeah, it incorporates astrology, the I Ching and Kabbalah and the chakra system. So some ancient practices or ancient modalities Blended with biochemistry, genetic coding. It's really complex, but it's really cool. But it has that that I Ching component, which I feel like you might be interested in. So you'll have to check it out. I'll look into it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, check it out. Okay, so let's talk about you. I'm so interested to learn a bit more about Taoism. I'm a bit excited to learn about this particular type of meditation that you that has truly changed your life and that you have a whole book about. And we'll start with, tell me a bit about your story. I know you have an sure. interesting one. So let's hear about your story. Sure thing. Um, I, th- I hope it's interesting because, um, I mean, it essentially starts with me kind of crawling out of my own personal hell. Um, 
because and you know so i hope that people like get something out of it i sure did eventually but it took many years um i can't i was born into like a family that was very emotionally shut off very lacking in love parents were just not equipped to raise children and i grew up being a very like angry kid, very socially awkward kid. And eventually as I got older, all that anger just turned inward into depression. Um, and the older I got, the kind of the worse it get because I mean, as I became a teenager, I was just so awkward. I didn't really have any deep friendships. I couldn't get a date to save my life. Um, and I kind of thought to myself, well, if I, when I go to college, It'll, it'll all be different because I'll be in a new environment. I can get out of this home. I can get out of this stupid town. Um, and my first day in college, I figured out just how wrong I was because I was I was just I was that same kind of misfit kid that really didn't know how to bond with people. And my I didn't have the language at the time, but like all my energy was closed off. I had like six foot thick walls around me. So. I got more and more depressed and I started thinking about what I really want to do with my life. And I decided to drop out of college, just leave mm -hmm. after three semesters because I was going to be, a, I wanted to be a business owner of some sort. And I realized I didn't need the degree and I was just miserable anyway. So I left. Um, and I started actually an online based business. I, I partnered with my brother and actually I started some other, a couple of other small ventures with other people, just like selling health and fitness products. I had a knack for writing, advertising, and marketing, and I was trying to learn the business side of things. Um, but I was on my own. I was still like a lonely guy trying to do this all himself. And I still had all my emotional problems that I was, I was basically trying to like grow out of them by becoming successful on the outside. Right. I figured, yeah, if I, if I could just, you know, strike it rich, if I could just like get this, insert the blank here, whatever goal I set. It's like holding my happiness hostage. It's like, okay, then I'll feel fine. Um, well, that didn't work. And in fact, uh, the businesses started to like fail. I was using my personal credit. I started maxing out this card over here, this card over there. The bill would come in the mail and I'd just like drop it on the floor and <laughs> put another envelope on top. Oh, look, and now the bill's gone. So bad financial strategy I learned later. Right. And, Not yeah, a good one. And, no. And I, I was just, you know, the financial struggles were bad, but honestly, I was, the worst was how lonely I was. That yeah. was emotionally the, it was the biggest impact on me. And I got so depressed. I started thinking about committing suicide and I started drinking alcohol every morning just to cope. Uh, mm -hmm. It was like two shots of vodka roughly. And then I'd fill the rest with an energy drink. That was my breakfast. Yeah. Um, so I, I was in a rough spot. So this whole time, though, like I'm into like self-help. Um, I was missing a lot of, of the pieces, but I was into goal setting and visualization and affirmations and all kinds of stuff. And I really tried. I really, really tried. Um, and eventually, through all this personal hell, I had some good fortune that one of my teachers decided to start teaching something called Taoism. And I had no idea what Taoism was, but um, it sounded super cool. Like, I, th I think a lot of us, when we start getting involved in the more like esoteric, energetic side of things, we start hearing stories of like, you know, these ancient systems and these ancient sort of lineages where these people develop these cool abilities. And it's just like, it's number one, it's cool. It's just cool mm -hmm. as hell. And number two, there's always something in us that kind of resonates with it. And we're just like, I don't know, I'm just drawn to it. Well, yeah. that's, yeah, that's what happened to me. And I'm a, I'm a, I was a pretty square guy. Like I didn't, I was very like, well, I don't know if it's, if it's, if you can't like show me and prove it to me, da, 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 da. if I can't see it, I don't believe it. But there's something that drew it to me. So he started Nate, teaching. That's very Capricorn of you, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> very Capricorn of you. So you yeah. have to see it to believe it. That's how you're like rolling into this esoteric yeah. practice. Very Capricorn. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, so fortunately, I didn't take that quite to like a, a harmful level. I was like, sure, I have to see it to believe it. But hey, I'll try anything once. You know, why not? Um, so I started doing like a meditative practice that I learned and I started feeling so good. Just I just felt really good that 
I started kind of not needing the alcohol as much until one day I felt so good from my morning meditation that the alcohol actually brought down my energy. So I, I stopped drinking every morning. It just it just wasn't appealing to me anymore. Um, and then I I within a, a couple of months or a few months, I had again, I didn't have the language for it at the time, but I had like a spiritual experience where I was meditating and I felt like my body was glowing like the sun. And this kind of thing had never happened to me before. Like nothing like this. So it was like 10 minutes long total. I mean, the the meditation anyway, the glowing, I don't know how long it lasted. And afterwards, I remember I, I sat down on my futon in my condo. I was all alone. It was like around midnight. And I'm just like, I'm going to dedicate my life to this because nothing like this has mm. ever happened to me before. It's the only thing in my life that's working for me. And that was about, that was like the beginning of my turnaround. Um, and that was about 13, 14 years ago. Wow. And I've been obsessed ever since. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm so, I'm so interested in getting into the, the practice. So let me ask you this first. Did you find as you started to find your way into meditation and into Taoism, which I want to talk about what that is too in just a second. Did you find that you started having an awareness of all the pain that you were carrying from your childhood? Was that like surfacing for you? Yeah, big time. Um, I It was almost like throughout my, let's call it the pre-Taoism existence, I was like under a giant heavy blanket of emotional pain but it was very generalized it was just like that was just my life as mm -hmm. i started to practice it would stuff would come up like it, it was it was weird but later i figured out this is actually a very normal thing for people who uh, get into like energetic practices like i would have a childhood memory pop up or mm -hmm. i'd have a face that i remember from years ago pop up or even a scent from my childhood home and I'd get this feeling of, of anger or worry or fear. And I kind of, I, I kind of self-educated enough at that point to realize, Oh, this is stuff bubbling up so it can process. So I just right. kind of, I did the right thing as it turns out, in my opinion, the right thing is I, I just kept going through it and I let it happen. But yeah, absolutely stuff. And well, to this very day, stuff's coming up. <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I find that sometimes folks assume that, okay, meditation is here to help me, help me get centered, help me find a sense of calm or peace and calm, help me to reconnect to um, just a, a grounded feeling. But oftentimes, that emotional processing that starts to occur when you really develop a practice is... That's how we get to the other side of that stuff. Yeah. And yeah, I'm really glad you brought that up because once that stuff starts coming up, a lot of people think, oh, I must be doing something wrong. Right. Or, or this isn't working. And, and, and what in fact is happening is they're making really beautiful progress. Yeah. Yeah. It's not easy. It's not easy to make yeah. that progress. Yeah. No, there's a, a lot of there's lots of lot of a ditch digging. In fact, um, in in uh, well, maybe in other traditions it's true too. But in Taoism, we use the metaphor where there's like this beautiful lotus flower, you know, on top, resting on top of the pond, and it's gorgeous. Mm -hmm. And if you look down into the root system, it's growing in mud and crap. I mean, that's yeah. that's the genesis of it. So we always emphasize when it comes to our development, dive into that mud and gum because that's where the gold is. Yeah, so beautiful and so true. That is yeah. where the gold is. Okay, so let's talk about Taoism. So for someone who may know nothing about Taoism, can you tell us what is Taoism? Certainly. Um, the, way, the two ways I love to put it are the Taoists, their kind of overarching philosophy is seeking harmony through balance. Um, and it's a mystical tradition. It goes back thousands of years. Originally, uh, the theory is there, there were shamans from Siberia that kind of ventured down thousands of years ago. They settled in China and Taoism proliferated in China. And that's where it's mostly associated with today. Um, the other way I love to put it is actually pretty simple. Like Yoda from Star Wars, mm -hmm. that dude was a Taoist, like Got straight it. up. So 
that's that's really all you need to know. But they're very much into working in harmony with nature. And nature can mean anything. It can mean uh, your community, your relationships, your finances, your physical health, your energetic practices, your spiritual development. It's all about harmony in all those parts of your life and growing closer to what they call the Tao, which is sort of their, it's their word almost for the divine, the the ultimate spiritual um, creator of all things and, and all things acting and flowing naturally with life. So that's short version. That's what Taoism is. Got it. So you were into self-help. You were you were dabbling in all sorts of different practices. What do you feel this particular modality, this system offered to you that you didn't get in the practices that you had tried before? Um, all the practices I'd tried before. And I think, honestly, all the self-help that's kind of available today in the Western world, it's all about using your thoughts to work with your thoughts. Or if you get lucky maybe even integrating the body as well. They might say, hey, go for a walk or something like that. And you right. have to remember, I was depressed. Um, I had, and and I later learned, it's like, when you're depressed, you've got a lot of energy stuck up in your head. Yeah. I mean, and it makes you lethargic and, it, and your thoughts will loop and loop and loop. And what happens if you start working with your thoughts? Well, for me, I was like a dog chasing his tail. Um what I didn't realize is that our our bodies have a system of energetic channels as well. I mean, all, all living things do. And this was something, again, that kind of bumped up against my woo-woo walls. I was like, I don't know about this. I need I needed the woo-woo best friend. I didn't I didn't have one back then. <laughs> um but there but there really is science behind this. There's science showing that the um the channels of uh energy that the Taoists mapped out thousands of years ago that acupuncturists use. That comes from Taoism, by the way. Wow, a lot of this cool stuff actually comes from them. Um, there, there actually is signs showing that it has to do with channels that run through our fascia, which is which is tissue within our bodies that hold our organs up um, and might even have influence over our embryo, embryological development. So it's like, I love geeking out on this stuff because most people don't know about this. But yeah. When we meditate, what we're doing is we're opening up these energy channels uh, and we're allowing energy to flow through them. We're destroying blockages. In fact, what we were talking about earlier, when emotions and memories start bubbling up, that's a blockage getting um, dissolved. Because when it's mm -hmm. dissolved, it's like, it'll flow around your body and poof, it'll come up in your consciousness. Um, and not only that, the meditation will also just enhance the energy and upgrade the amount flowing through our system. Uh, a big thing of Taoism is, is they joke, it's like going from 110 to 220 in terms of like the wall socket. It's like, we want to crank up the energy. So no, nothing else I'd practiced beforehand even worked with the, with the energy channels. And what I discovered was when I finally did, I was able to change my thoughts without even trying to change my thoughts because the energy affects the physical, affects the mental. It's all one big cycle. Um, and I was able to feel better without necessarily trying to work with my emotions because I was getting to the energy behind them. So um, again, I, I, I didn't realize all at the time. I just knew these cool mystical practices worked. <laughs> Something was happening. Yeah, something. Way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Something was happening, and it's just like that was my thing for years. It's just like nothing works, nothing's happening, and it's, it's just like you said, Andy. I was just like, wait a minute, something finally is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was in a conversation last night, so I'm I'm currently studying. Uh, I'm a I'm a practitioner of Kundalini Yoga, which much of that practice is meditation based. Much of it, it's breath work and meditation based. And I was in a conversation last night around specifically around diaphragmatic diaphragmatic breathing and mm -hmm. there are really in the diaphragm there's three three components to the diaphragm i'm hoping i'm not butchering the actual anatomy by attempting to explain this but there's a vocal diaphragm there's a respiratory diaphragm and there's a pelvic diaphragm and as yeah. you practice breath work you are effectively moving energy through your body by the way that you're breathing and we were in a conversation last night. I was in one of my trainings last night. And we were talking about this practice that 
gosh, I started doing it last summer and it's, it's a three minute breath work practice. It's short. It's like, Mm -hmm. it's a 22 count breath. I do it every night before I go to bed and it completely has altered in the best way how I sleep. I fall asleep immediately. And I was talking to my teacher about it and just trying to get an understanding from a science perspective of what's happening. And it's exactly that. It's just the way that the breath is working with the body brings you into a state of meditation, which then is influencing how the energetics are moving through your system. And it's allowing you to enter into a state of a state that will allow for, for deep sleep. So freaking yeah. cool. It, it is really cool because um, when you engage your, your diaphragm, um, what's going on is you're finally able to fill your lungs all the way down. Most people breathe into their upper chests, which um, is, is honestly is a body's panic response. Mm-hmm. So what happens is when you breathe into your diaphragm and, and you're inflating your lungs all the way down, number one, you're, you're, you're getting down to the little, little tubes in the bottom of your lungs that normally don't get the full circulation of air. Number two, um, you're actually giving your organs uh, a massage. Because what goes on is when your diaphragm lowers and, you know, you can feel this if you attempt to like imagine breathing into your belly, your um, spleen, your pancreas, your stomach, your liver, um, well, even even your kidney somewhat, they all get a massage. And guess where a lot of that stagnant emotional Mm. energy is? It's in your organs. Uh, And of course, also your small and large intestine. And so when this happens, you're also... um, sending a calming signal to your central nervous system. Um, but, but, but of course, like uh, when, when someone starts attempting a belly breathing, there might be an initial like panic response because this is a totally new way, way of breathing yeah. for them. So yeah, so yeah. but it's very, yeah, fun. I definitely have heard, I've had quite a few folks in my life close to me, friends and loved ones who I've made recommendations around breathwork practices. And that's what they've said is, oh, when I do the breathwork, I get, I find that I get into this like panic state, which of course is not, not what you want to have someone experience. And it's, it is, breathing is something we do automatically, but it's something we don't really do well as human beings. So yeah. And yeah. yeah, and a lot of the initial panic comes from because um, for the first time they're not constricting their heart center with their breathing. Mm. You know, because you're actually going down and you're relaxing. So all this all this heart center stuff up here opens up for the first time. And for yeah. you know, and I can relate, you know, first time that happens, it's like oh, oh. so you yeah, know, but it's it's a it's, it's almost like a re it's being almost like being born again in in an open way. So true. Yeah. Yeah. For those that practice yoga, it's uh, sometimes when you're doing a pose like camel pose or doing a, a, uh, a bridge pose or full wheel or something like that, the teacher will often say emotion could come up and it's because you're opening up that heart center in a way that you're not used to doing. Yeah. 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 It's super cool. It, it's so cool. All these uh, traditions. Like my, uh, one of my teachers will describe is it, like, it's like traveling up a mountain. All these traditions, when you start them, it's kind of like one person's on one side of the mountain and other person's on the other side. But as you progress and grow in these traditions, you get closer to the peak. Everyone gets closer together because we're all just kind of mm-hmm. working with our energetic anatomy and our, our spiritual walk. It's so yeah. cool. That's such a great, such a great analogy. So good. Yeah. Okay. So your specific type of practice, you have a, a book about it. It's called the standing meditation. So take us through what the standing meditation is or what a standing meditation practice looks like. Sure. So the idea is, is exactly what we were talking about, which is opening up your uh, energetic channels. And what the Tao has figured out is that um, by standing in a particular way, it's like really cranking yourself open um, to both the energy of the earth and the energy of the heavens. And the way to do that is um, it's, it's, it's basic, but it's really profound. It's, it's to stretch and lengthen your spine. So the way they stand, it's not just like standing at attention or standing like you're waiting in line at the bank or something like that. Instead, you make some subtle adjustments where you tuck your hips forward, almost like you're sitting on a really, really super high bar stool. Um, and then you even raise your head up and tuck your chin down a little bit. And if you do that, you can kind of feel it's like, oh, yeah, the back of my neck actually kind of stretches and elongates a little bit because you're raising the true top of your head upward. 
Um, and, and when you tuck your hips in that certain way, you you have to unlock your knees a little bit. So it, it can start off by being a bit of a workout because you're standing with your knees unlocked. And <laughs> when I started, my, my thighs were burning. Um, and I also hold my arms out as if I'm holding a really big medicine ball or like a beach ball. Um, now, what does this do? It opens up the meridians and the uh, that's a Taoist term for the energy channels, the channels that run up through your legs. It opens the channels that run up uh, through your head. And it's almost like you're a battery and you're hooking up both ends to the heavens and the earth. So it's like mm-hmm. giving yourself an energetic power wash. Um, and when I started, I just started like a minute per day and I just built it up from, from there daily. So I was giving myself that energetic uh, upgrade every day, which was, it, it really took it to a whole new level compared to just a simple sitting meditation where you just try and quiet your thoughts. That just always made me hazy. But this for the first time, because I was working with the more of the physical and the energetic aspect, it was, it was super cool. It was, it was tough, but uh, saved my life. Yeah. So, so amazing. So amazing. So at the beginning you were doing a minute per day and you just committed Mm -hmm. to keep showing up and keep practicing. And then you have this experience in which you realize that there is a, an energetic shift and that starts to happen for you. And at the same time, you're having this energetic shift and you realize perhaps I, perhaps I don't need to do this alcohol thing that I've been doing every morning because I'm starting to feel better. What was that moment like for you going from being in a suicidal place, alcohol every morning, incredible, incredible loneliness and depression. And now you're committed to this practice and you're, you find that it is in fact working and you have this moment of, I don't, I don't have to do this anymore. I don't have to be in this pain and punish myself anymore. You know, it was really cool because I, it, it was so profound for me that I, I, that that's why I said to myself, I'm going to dedicate my life to this. And I'm also really glad that um, I don't know if the 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 Capricorn and Scorpio and Gemini uh, thing told you about this, but I'm also I can also be pretty stubborn. And I'm glad I'm glad I am because that journey was far from over, because even though I I'd really turned my inner life around a lot. I still ran into like emotional stuff coming up and I still had to turn my life around. So sure. it was, it was still the beginning. And my, I mean, my financial life was such a train wreck at that point that I still eventually, uh, I had two business partners, um, kind of betray me and, and cut me out of the business. And, and within, uh, probably a year, maybe a year and a half, I actually uh, filed for bankruptcy and it was very interesting for me. I had enough presence of mind to realize this is actually part of my spiritual journey um, mm-hmm. because what a lot of people, similar to the panic response when breathing, the macro version of that is when you begin a spiritual walk, oftentimes your life gets more chaotic. Yeah. It's like spirit realm wants you to clean house. So you might lose friends. You probably will lose friends. Um, your career might go through a shift and it all, it, it I mean, I can't make any guarantees, but usually it turns out very wonderful. Like, I'm so glad all that happened. But they call it growing pains for a reason. It can be yeah. painful at first, especially if you don't know what's going on and you think something is going wrong. When in fact, your your life is, it's almost like it's being carefully arranged. It's like, all right, we got to get rid of this thing. I know you're attached to it, but we got to get rid of it or him or her um, or all of them. Um mm-hmm. And it, it was a multi-year journey for me, but I could feel as how as I meditated more and my body got more relaxed and more aligned and I started feeling better and I started processing through more memories and emotions and, and hangups, um, eventually like things started to work out and, and it was, it was weird. I, again, I didn't have the language for it, but it's like my heart center started to open. I, I remember one thing was I, I even worked as a sign spinner standing on a street corner, like holding a sign for traffic to advertise like a local business um, in the, it was in the Denver, Colorado area. And I remember looking and I was, 
I was having a blast. I was having so much fun because I felt good on the inside. And I remember like cars would drive by and there'd be like a, a woman in the passenger seat and she'd smile at me and I'd smile at her and I'd think to myself, oh, I really love you. And then I'd look over at mm. her angry boyfriend who was glaring at me and I'd think, I love you too. Mm -hmm. And that's how I do like, oh, this is, this is legit. This is like genuine. It's like, it's this weird sort of like connection with other people that again, I wasn't trying to do it. I wasn't intellectually striving. It's like, oh yeah, yeah. Let me, let me have a heart centered connection with all people. It's a result of working on yourself inwardly and all this other stuff starts to happen on its own. It's when you work on yourself inwardly, it's, it's unstoppable. That's what mm -hmm. it is. Yeah. You had to get out of your head and let the energy lead you in a brand new yeah. way to have that moment of waking up. There's many moments of waking up. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's many moments of waking up. And then it seems like the next day, maybe you're going back to sleep a little. And then the, yeah. you know, it's like three steps forward, two back, four, three back. I mean, I, and in order to keep my sanity, I had to really keep, keep my faith in that long term, everything was working out. So if I measured my progress by days or weeks, I probably would have given up. I probably would have thought I was uh, I was cursed and I was doing everything wrong. But because I looked in terms of months and even years, it, it was just the progress was undeniable, absolutely undeniable. So what does your practice look like today? So that was 13, 14 years ago. You dedicated your life to this practice. You have a book about it in which you so beautifully share your story. You're such a tremendous writer. Oh, and it's, yes, it's such a beautiful look into your life and how you found your way to the practice and then the the experience of what the practice has done for you. So what does your practice look like today on any given day? Well, it's it's pretty interesting. So as as I progressed, like I realized that, you know, someone wants to like really change their state and start um, f developing that calmness and that um that better resilience for life, like five minutes per day is great. If they want to start processing their emotions, like 10 minutes is a lot better um, or 15 minutes. And if they really want to dive and turn it into almost an experience that, or it really turn to experience that enhances their spiritual walk, I found 30 minutes is great. I didn't have much of a life. So <laughs> I mean, I, I just didn't. So I would, I would experiment with doing like an hour per day, which might've been a little too much, but I didn't have, I, I lost all my friends at that point and I, I had a working a day job. So I just didn't have much to do today. Uh, my practice is, has a, a lot of differences compared to what most people do because I'm actually studying to and training to be a Taoist priest right now, uh, oh, awesome. in the Taoist tradition. Um, and I'm also studying to get my, um, uh, my doctor in Chinese energetic medicine. So when I said I, I kind of decide to like dedicate my life to this, I, I started thinking, well, how much does an Olympic athlete train? It's like maybe a few hours per day. So today I actually, I have a routine where I, I probably train for an hour and a half in the morning and there'll be more dynamic exercises involving movement. I mean, Taoism has a lot of like for emotional processing, they might use sound. So I might make sounds that actually vibrate certain uh, organs in my body. And in order to like gather energy and really um, tonify those organs, I'd, you know, you work with color and imagining color. Um, and then I'll do a lot of stillness practices as well uh, while circulating the energy. And then like at night, I'll do some of the same thing and also do some kind of more fun like spiritual practices um and and i do it every day and and that's just me because it's it's almost like training to become a priest well it is it's training to become a priest or like a doctor in these traditions so it's it's really a calling for me but if someone just wants to work on themselves um i i think doing 30 minutes is is really wonderful and if they can push it to an hour a day, which might be like an hour a day. But, you know, think about how much time we dedicate to social media and television. And this is this is self-care that could really transform your life. So every, every minute is worth it. Completely, completely. Okay, I have one more energetic question that folks might wonder about. So Tell us I love what, the energy question. So yeah, yeah. Well, and it's <laughs> and now that I know that this is something that you're you're getting your doctorate in, it's it's a 
I can ask you all the energy questions. Um, okay. okay, so chi. Tell us what chi is. Oh, certainly. So chi is really fascinating because, you know, earlier how I was mentioning like every spiritual tradition, it's like you're, we're all walking up different paths on the same mountain. So what I found out is that every spiritual tradition has a concept of energy and their word for it. Um, and they all have different names. Uh, like uh, I think the Indian yogic tradition calls it prana. Yeah. Um, and uh, there's other ones too. I'm, I'm blanking on them. I was even talking from a, a really cool lady who comes from South America and she actually studied a, a family energetic tradition there. And I, I'd never even heard of it. And, and they had their own word for energy. That was just like chi. So the idea is this. When the universe formed, according to like the Taoist tradition, um, there's this base sort of like substance from which everything is made, especially like our bodies. And that's called Jing. So Jing is like the essence, is like the raw material from which it's made. Um, and it's, it's something where once it is refined and starts developing, it can become qi. Now, qi is represented in the Chinese character. It, it's almost like steam or um, uh, it, I think it's also represented as a sprouting seed, too. Uh, again, like you, I'm like trying to like, well, I don't have the book in front of me. But so the idea is, though, is that it's it's this um, energy that everything is generated from. Again, going back to Star Wars, it's like, what's the force? The force mm -hmm. is the, it's the working behind all things that creates all things, that generates all things, the, gen, the generative power of the universe. Well, chi is also like the generative power of the universe. And according, according to modern science, it might actually assist in like the generation of our embryological development. So it actually is like the energetic cause of our growth. So it, it's our growth when we're babies and we're growing up. And it's our growth when we develop ourselves emotionally and develop ourselves spiritually. So the idea is that she is sort of almost like the guiding force behind how we're able to process emotions. It's the guiding force behind how we're able to interact with others and it powers our habits. Um, when she becomes stagnant, there's pain, there's ill health, there's low energy. But when she is balanced and flowing properly, there's... Um, calmness, there's equanimity, um, and there's our self-sabotaging behaviors um, uh, fall away and dissolve. And we're able to, basically the way I put it, the way I put it when I finally started working with Chi, all the self-help stuff I wanted to work actually started to work right. because I finally <laughs> had the generative power going from behind it. So that's, that's kind of my rambly like Chi explanation there. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's great. So that's so great. So the last thing I'll ask you before we get into our our closing five questions is for someone who has an interest in trying this out or wants to just start to experiment with working with chi, what what advice would you give them to begin a practice, begin the process? Well, that's a, that's a great question. And when it comes to chi, it's all about feeling. It's all there. We are in an ocean of chi. We are an ocean of chi. But the key is most of us functioning in our day-to-day -day life and growing up in the culture we grew up in, we're, we're cut off from being able to feel it. Or when we do feel it, our brain kind of uh, goes, eh, no, that's something else. That wasn't chi. That was, that was just you know, you're, you're just feeling hot or something. <laughs> so, I mean, and this was, uh, this took a long time for me to really wrap my head around to get, but a practice I think is really great is uh, a deep breathing practice. And it's, it's very simple, you know, breathing into the belly and keeping our chest relaxed so that we're truly expanding our lungs downward. And as we breathe into the belly, put your focus on, on the area of your belly like your the middle of your hip area where like kind of where your um your intestines and bladder would be just kind of in the middle there actually well it would also be your second chakra i suppose um mm -hmm. and and feel it feel it and start to feel as like i wonder if i can easily feel heat building up in there subtly 
And even if it's not there immediately, that's fine. I'm still doing this wonderful deep breathing practice. I'm getting more relaxed. I'm relaxing my shoulders. I'm relaxing my neck. I'm breathing deeper. I'm breathing slower, which calms my mind, which allows me to relax more, which allows me to breathe deeper, which calms me more. And it's this beautiful cycle. And as you progress, it might not be today or tomorrow, but as you keep going and you're doing something wonderful no matter what, keep feeling into your belly because eventually you might feel a buzz or warmth or pressure. It's different for everyone and it can change over time. It will change, but eventually you're going to start feeling something. And, and, and I felt it as heat. And I still remember the day when my when I told my teacher, I'm just like, oh my goodness, yeah, it. it uh, if I do it a lot, it gets really hot. And, and my teacher laughed. He's like, yeah, and you sure as heck, you're not turning up the thermostat in the room. You know, I'm like, no, sir, I am not. And it's just like, yeah, just heat your belly. Nowhere else, just your belly. I'm like, yes, sir. So that that's how I would do it. It really comes down to the, the, the chi is there. It's a matter of calming down the other signals and, and not thinking, feeling. Mm, I love it. So good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. So I've got five questions for you cool. to close us out. I've asked these questions of every guest that we have had on the show this year. And I have a really good book list going truly from, from this list of questions and some other really good practices that I've learned about through this list of questions. So the first one is tell us about an object or charm that is special to you. You know, I hope uh, I hope I can get across what I'm what I'm feeling right now because when I first saw that question, um, the answer I came up with made me a little nervous. Um, mm, okay, and I decided that was my signal that I should give that answer. Yeah. So um, when I was at kind of not necessarily my lowest point emotionally and spiritually. Um, but when I was still trying to climb out of my financial chaos and I was uh, spinning a sign for a living, I was feeling good about myself, but I was wondering, you know, how am I going to get out of this? I feel great, but what's the avenue for really making my outer life just as great? And I was learning um, business and marketing from a gentleman. I, he's still a friend to this day. I still learn from him, named uh, Doberman Dan. <laughs> it's his nickname because he loves Dobermans. And I, you know, he he publishes a newsletter and he has like a group of students. And I remember one time he sent um, a coin in the mail and it was um, it was paint. I don't know what it's made of. It might be made of like uh, copper or something like that. But it was it was painted to be gold. And he wrote a letter along with it. And he, and he said, you know, I'm sending you this as a gift to let you know that you're really part of something special. And it was interesting because I, I knew enough, enough about him to realize at that point in his life, he wasn't like consciously into energetic practices or anything like that. But here was someone who just took his time to bring his own magic to a ch an object that he sent out. And, and he brought the importance to it. And as a result, he was creating magic. Um, and I, and he, and he sent that gift to me, I think like 10, 10 years, let's say 10 years ago, and I actually still have it on my office to this day. Um, in fact, I, I even have it on top of an actual real uh, 10 ounce bar of silver. Um, so uh, even though it's not like your your traditional story of like, oh, I met this like amazing, like spiritual teacher in a cave and he gave me a little charm <laughs> that he prayed over. You know, I've, sure. I've, I've been there. I've, I've, I've been part of that. It's super cool. That was probably, because of the meaning I ascribed to it, that was one of my most yeah. precious charms. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. I'm glad you shared that one. Okay. Next question is, what is a book that changed your life? Um, one was, uh, I have to give two. I'm so sorry, but I'll be quick. Uh, give, one no, was give way two. back. Okay, give, cool. Give, one us, was give way, us two. All right. Uh, the Way of the Peaceful Warrior by Dan Millman. I think it's one of those ones that inspires a lot of people because it's just a story about someone going through a spiritual journey uh, when he has no idea what the heck is going on, uh, which really appealed to me um, because it kind of opened my eyes to that 
this possibility existed. And the other one is Deep Work by Cal Newport. Nothing to do with mystical practices, but the idea is that we live in a society with so much information overload with our phones beeping and all this. So the idea to really give yourself a sanctuary to do your practice and your work, beautiful. And it applies so much to what we, with what we're doing here. Yeah. Okay. I haven't read either. I need to add these to my list as well. Okay. Yeah, they're pretty Thank cool. You. Okay. Tell me about an experience or moment that changed your life in a profound way. Ooh, that's a really good question. Um, uh, I already talked about how my body glowed like the sun, so I, I don't. I want to. I want to give something it's else. Pretty profound. It was definitely it was super profound. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It was really neat. You know, another one I found was when I was uh, after as a sign spinner, I loaded trucks for a living. And it was backbreaking labor. I was working 12 hours a day um, at a, it was a company that cleaned laundry for companies. So some of the stuff I worked with was absolutely disgusting. And I remember one time that um, I had a coworker that was, I I think what has happened is I was actually in the truck and he started moving the truck forward. He started driving and the doors were open in the back and I almost fell out. So I yelled at him to stop and he just glared at me. As if, um, yeah, as if I was an idiot, and I'm sitting there thinking, it's like, dude, you almost got me killed here. And later, like, I got out and I actually told the supervisor, I was like yelling about, it. I was like, this guy almost got me killed. If he wants me to help him at 2 a.m. when we're finishing up our shift, there's no way I'm going to do that. And and boss is like, all right, all right, buddy. And I realized something. I realized two things. One, I never, I had never been very good standing up for myself. And that was a moment when I finally did. And I realized the energetic work I was doing is really helping me. And then also the second thing I realized in that moment is that as I was turning away, my spine cracked and shifted like a chiropractor mm-hmm. had just like nudged it. And that's when it was like the spirit realm was sending a signal. When you stand up for yourself or when you get out of your comfort zone in a really healthy way and push yourself in this time and space practical world, there is a physical effect and there is an energetic effect because they're all intertwined. And I had increased my energy and had adjusted my body physically because of something as simple as standing up for myself. So it was profound for me to see how everything was so interrelated. And we we can't just exist in the spiritual realm or the energy realm. We have to develop ourselves in all in, in every realm. Perfect. Beautiful. Okay. What is something that you do, which we've talked a lot about, but I'm going to ask it anyways. What is something you do for your health and wellness? Um, well, I'll give a, I'll try, I'll try and like give some cool, unique answers here. So yeah. actually one thing I'm doing that I, yeah, that I'm really enjoying right now is swinging, swinging kettlebells. Um, okay. which is, yeah, which is, it's like, it's like lifting weights, but you take this big bell. It's like this giant hunk of iron and you actually swing it and people google it they can they can see stuff about that and what i really like about it is that it strengthens your body and it relaxes your muscles um and as a result of relaxing your muscles um it carries over to your energetic practices and especially relaxes the muscles in your hips because we're sitting all day so we're actually cramping up our our hips here which can interfere with the flow of energy so kettlebells are are pretty cool about that um and I like giving kind of counterintuitive answers. I, I actually, uh, uh, my wife, um, one of her teachers back in the day, she actually talked about how when she teaches uh, spiritual studies to her students, one of the practices she recommends is, is some kind of weight training. And she says her students are all just like, what? No, I'm not. That's not at all what I'm here for. And she's like, but it's profound the effect like uh exercise can have on your muscles which carries over to your energy system so um yeah like throwing out surprising answers yeah, like that i like but, it no and i think yeah. it's important that we we have an understanding that it's 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 not just about a meditation practice it's not just about a breath practice it's not just about journaling or whatever it is that you might be interested in there's there's the engagement of the body as a whole and there's a lot of ways to do that yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then lastly, tell me about a moment you knew magic was real. Oh, okay. 
uh, a big moment I knew magic was real was actually um, as part of the doctor training I'm doing. Um, one of the th techniques we learned was how to work with um, food and drink and bless it. So I had a friend of mine uh, over. It was uh, shortly before I was married. He, he was uh, my best man at my wedding. So I'm like, all right, let me have some fun with this. I poured, I made some coffee and I poured it into two mugs and I took them out of his sight. I went upstairs and I put one in a whole other room and then I took the other one and I started to bless it. And some of the stuff I did was specific to the Taoist tradition and, and it was some energetic stuff. But also what I did is something that anyone can do. So I really just, um, I, I prayed over and I asked God to bless the, the liquid and just like, you know, I want this to be a healthy elixir. That, that is my intention. And then I made sure to remember which one it was. And I came back down with the two mugs and I set them before my friend. And I was like, you know, see if you taste a difference. Um, and he started tasting him and I got a little nervous because, you know, I really wanted it to work. <laughs> and he's like, hmm. I'm like, which one is, and I actually, what I asked him was, which one did I bless? And he's like going back and forth. I'm just like, oh no. And finally he guessed and he actually guessed correctly. But then I'm like, so you, so you taste a difference. He's like, oh, of course I taste a difference. I just couldn't tell which one you blessed. Oh, but there's a clear difference. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I started laughing. I was like, that's more important. So mm -hmm. that's, it's things like, hey, Capricorn over here represent. When someone else who's not involved in the studies, when they taste a difference, mm -hmm. I didn't touch either of those mugs of coffee physically other than carrying them that's when i knew it was real beautiful yes yeah. i love it okay so your book is called the standing meditation and if folks want to pick up a copy of your book where can they find it uh, it's on amazon and i also have the website thestandingmeditation.com which okay. um, right now it actually just forwards straight to that page the uh if you see the big red book that's that's where it's at Perfect. So we'll include a link to it in the oh, show notes. Yes, for sure. And is there uh, any other ways that people can connect to you and the work you're doing that you'd like to share with us? Well, honestly, I, th I think the book is the best way because, you know, I worked on that for three years. And if anyone yeah. likes what I've had to share resonates with it, that's I poured my my heart and soul into that. Um, I also have a, a blog at uh, it's just my name naterifkin.com and i post Perfect. articles there too okay great awesome yeah. nate thank you so much it's been such a pleasure having you on the show learning a bit more about you your practice taoism so thank you well thank you it was an honor to be here we truly are developing quite the book list on this show Every single guest that joins us just shares another list of books or at least a book that go on my list immediately. And I promise that I'm going to compile this list. I'll, I'll put the list over on the blog sometime soon because, I mean, these people we have on the show are just so incredibly inspiring. And anything they're reading, I want to be reading too. And as we go into the remainder of well, truly the whole summer. We're not even we're not even at the summer solstice yet and I'm calling it the remainder of the summer. So, let's rewind as we go into the summer. Let's get all these books on our book list. Let's start a list. Anybody want a book club with me? We could certainly book club. Okay. With that, our show is complete for today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to Nate for joining me. I have to say many of our episodes are women. You guys know it's very much slumber party vibes. Like let's just break into all the different woo woo conversations. And I was a little bit like, how's it going to be inviting a man into the slumber party and hearing from Nate, getting the wisdom around this beautiful philosophy and religious system that he's connected into just really inspired me to want to go deeper. I was going to mention this in the intro and I, it just occurred to me that I didn't, but for me, I first connected into the Taoist philosophy 
midway through the pandemic last year when Ben, my partner, started reading much more about it, studying up on the Taoist philosophy and listening to some podcasts. And we'd be in the kitchen cooking dinner. There's a podcast called What's This Tao All About? If you're interested and want to go a bit deeper, I would completely recommend that podcast. It's definitely something that piqued my curiosity. And so when we received the message from Nate inquiring about coming and sharing his wisdom on the show, it was a very quick yes for me as I'm so interested in learning more about this philosophy. If you are loving the show, if it's resonating with you and this episode was something special for you, we'd love if you would share it Either just copy the link on whatever platform you get your podcasts on, copy the link, send it over to a friend, or share in your social media. Tag us on Instagram. We are your woo woo BFF, and I'm Andy at Wee Wee Girl. If you leave us a review, we will likely read your review here on the show. We'll start reading reviews again next week. I love celebrating the reviews that we receive. We are a baby podcast. We're working on building our audience, growing our community, sharing more voices like Nate's with the world because together we have an opportunity to create a beautiful impact, make big, big strides and creating a more harmonious planet. And I'm so grateful that you're here in support of that mission. With that, we are complete for today. Next week, I'll be back with one more Ask Me Anything episode. We have some emails that came through. I'll be answering those questions. I'm excited to share one more Ask Me Anything before we wrap up that series. I know there will be many more of those to come in future, but we promise to get through all of the questions and we have done it. I'll see you next week. Until then, be well, keep shining, much love.